Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy DeBulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan. Jim Donnan, the Hall of Fame coach, the former head coach of the University of Georgia Bulldogs. And Dane Young is the uh, guy that does stuff at the University of Georgia Journalism School. I don't know exactly what Dane does, but he's over there. Hey, I'll tell you because I want to give a shout out to the space that I'm into real fast. Uh, I'm a program coordinator for the Carmichael Sports Media Institute and the New Media Institute. I say that to say that the New Media Institute has this podcast studio just outside of my office uh it's 404 uh, studio not found so thanks to them for letting me use this for the show oh, looks nice. good i mean you got your own deal there uh, that's impressive he sounds really clear i like it so anyway he does he does stuff over there and we appreciate it but the, the reason you folks are here is to tune into coach don and as everyone tells me all the time and i appreciate that so i want to get my big head off the screen and bring in coach don and coach uh uh Right before I ask you, ask you some questions about the SEC, and we do have some questions from our readers, I do want to give a shout-out to our podcast sponsors. I'm in my house right now. Normally, I'm out at uh, Classic City Eats. Uh, as you could tell, I was late to the show. We had some issues going on, so I couldn't be over there today. But I want to shout-out to Athens Ford, where I just bought a car from. Your pie, because it's Tuesday and you need to get your double points in. Academy Brewing Company, which always has some great stuff going on and great beers going on. And, of course, our buddies over at Dead Soxy. And we I screwed up last week. didn't tell you about them until the very last minute. So, We'll lead off with them later in the show today. So, but coach, uh, last week, a lot of SEC talk, the whole fight between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, you know, kind of going back and forth. And then the whole uh, uh, Nick Sankey coming out and saying, hey, look, shut up. We're not talking about this stuff anymore. And uh, Lane Kiffin was about to weigh in. Kirby Smart lives up to his name. He's like, I'm staying the hell out of this. I'm staying away from it. And we had some questions come in about this. Uh, the first one that came in that I saw was, um, uh, where is it? Uh, Dallas Dog says, hey, coach, what do you make of the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban fight? Is there bad blood there from the past? So just give us your whole uh, thoughts on this. And uh, if you know of anything about those two guys in the past, answer Dallas Dog's question. Hey, if you put your bicycle behind mine again and block it and I can't get it out, I'm going to really be mad. <laughs> hey, this is so unbelievable. That uh, really it's certainly been uh, great fodder for the national press and, uh, and particularly the local ones and Paul Feinbaum and everybody. But I think it was a situation where uh, Coach Saban was at a function. And, uh, you know, when once you start talking at one of those local deals and the press around, questions are going to come up. And he was alluding to the fact that, uh, you know, the, the that Texas A&M has definitely used the NIL to their advantage. I mean, it's pretty much public knowledge, but I think he was trying to gather up some, some, some more support from his people. But before you know it, uh, you know, it comes out uh, that he's accusing them of doing something. And I don't really don't know that that, that was it, but uh, the facts remain that Jimbo who normally uh, jumps right back in it uh, gets after it. So, it's no question that when he made those comments back about nobody wants to work for Nick and and him being God and all that stuff. I mean, hey, who knows? But here's the bottom line: you know, there there used to be a uh, back in the old days uh, when something happened within the conference, the coach would just talk to the other coach, and uh, you, you probably could take care of it. But nowadays, uh, I don't really know what the, what the situation is because everything's so with this NIL and the transfer portal and all that. But uh, definitely some bad blood there for some reason. I don't know. And, and it didn't help any that uh, that Saban got beat by Jimbo, the first guy to beat him. And 
and Jimbo ends up with a 4-4 record in the SEC West. Uh, so, you know, he's 4-4 four and four and still beats uh, Nick last year. So, but we're on the Georgia show, so I'm not that concerned about it. I really don't think it's, uh, you know, what one guy says about another is their own opinion. So we can talk about it all day. But it, it is real about the NIL. There's no question about it. And it is real about some people might be doing something a little bit different than others and they got to get a squelch on it, but to make sure that uh, you don't entice these guys before they even get there, because uh, I mean, that's certainly illegal inducement. So we'll see how that comes out. But if you look at the last 30 years, not many people have been caught for buying players. I mean, they get caught for a lot of other things, but not for buying players. That's the thing with Jimbo is he kept saying he's done this on two occasions this offseason. Look how they do things over there. Look at what's going on there. You don't want to know what's going on there. And we're all like, yeah, Jimbo, we do. Tell us what's <laughs> happened in the past. If you know all this, like he keeps threatening to reveal these things of the past, but he doesn't want to because obviously it's going to be incriminating to him too. Yeah, I mean, I really think that that, that part there is very difficult to, to check out. Uh, from the standpoint uh, that nobody's really uh, gone into any of these schools and uh, checked out anything unless it uh, was really a definite that so somebody did this or somebody did that. But I don't, I don't know what the answer is, uh, but I do know that all the schools that are being very uh, forthright and trying to get this NIL behind them, I don't know anything wrong with it. I mean, it's the, that's the rule. Hey, if you can help these players out, help them out, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I don't think anybody knows enough about what everybody's doing, and you don't have a list of who's got what. So we'll just have to see. When I look at the kind of the, the, the back and forth there, I think it was just incendiary language, the idea that you bought players, you know, I think if statement comes out and says, hey, they had packages set up, you know, to the tune of the rumor's been $30 million. And you know, Jimbo didn't come out and say, hey, we we didn't do that. He came out and just blasted back, you know, going a, kind of a little bit darker there saying, you know, I know where the bodies are buried. I'll burn this whole thing down. Uh, I think if uh, Nick Saban comes out and said they had the packages ready for more of their players and this is an issue. Look, they they signed zero five stars in 2018 one in 2019, one in or two in 2020 and 2021, then we we'll signed one. Then they signed seven once NIL passes. Hey, Alabama fans, we need to do the same thing. And Kirby Smart is not going to go out there. Kirby's a little bit smarter than that. He wouldn't say anything as that incendiary, but Kirby's wanting uh, to have the fans step up and you know, say, well, not the fans because you can't do it with the boosters, but he wants those packages for his kids. And he's hoping that the Deltas of the world, the Cokes of the world, the you know, Home Depots of all these places in Georgia, these corporate headquarters will come up and say, hey, Noah Smith, we got something for you. So that that way, when he looks at these other kids that are coming in on, we got official visits going on, big uh, visits this past weekend, five-star Jaden Wayne's in town. And he can say, look, aside from Trayvon Walker getting the, being the number one pick in the NFL draft, you see Nolan Smith over here, he's got a Coke deal that pays him $300,000 a year. We can't set it up, but Coke did. So I think Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, all those guys, uh, Billy Napier, they want to see their teams doing it. And at the same time, when they see other teams doing it, 
it it sticks in their craw. They're like, man, we're getting we we're recruiting against them, but that's something that's out of their control, coach. And I think that's what drives them crazy. I think that's what made Nick slip was he is such a control freak. But here's something outside of his purview that he can't deal with. And I think it just uh, I mean, you can't. Uh, I think you, you make a good point, but you you can't blame A and M for using the rules to no, I really don't know how they did it or what they did, but those kids didn't all of a sudden just jump up and say, "Boy, I'm really impressed with uh, Texas A and M. They won. They were eight and four last year." <laughs> I mean, uh, College Station, let's go. <laughs> so uh, there there had to be just the idea that that was available, which is okay. It is available. That's the way things go, but I don't know how you set that up and we'll see how it goes. But, uh, let's go on to something else. I mean, this is, uh, to me, uh, I do want to mention something else about this. We got the classic city collective is what, uh, who's working really hard on behalf of Georgia right now. And we have a, uh, our Jason butt reached out to Matt Hibbs over there and spoke with him. And so we will have a story at UGA sports.com on how Georgia is getting into the whole, uh, in, not Georgia itself, but this collective is being set up to, or is set up now. And you guys should go over there and start contributing uh, to help Georgia kind of even the playing field so that when the kids come in, you know, when uh, Humphreys gets here, uh, if somebody wants to reach out and have Humphreys endorse a product for them, it's like, well, do I go to him? Do I go to his agent? Do I hit him up on Twitter? What do I do? You can go to Classic City Collectives and they'll set that up. So we're going to have a good story as an explainer on how all this is being done. So look for that and uh, go ahead and bookmark the Classic City Collectives because they're going to be doing a lot for this. There's other ones out there, Dane. You can speak more to that. But uh, I'll tell you, Matt Hibbs, that was a huge hire or huge request. Kirby Smart said, look, if you're going to, if anybody's going to run this, I'd like Matt Hibbs to do it. And yeah. Matt came back from uh, Barstool and Kirby's got to be thrilled to death. Yeah, I hope Matt does as good as collecting money as he does promoting himself on this. I mean, I've seen him out there. He's working it. I don't mean it negative. He just got to no. get some results here. You got to uh, you got to go on and uh, make it happen, and I, I'm sure he will. Absolutely. Dan, you've dealt with them before. What can what, oh, yeah. we expect? Um, I, I've had a lot of uh, interaction with the Classic City Collective. We've actually done some kind of calm strategy consulting with them, which I think is important for me to say on the forefront, just journalistically, uh, my involvement with what they've been doing over there. And yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to do things to help Georgia athletes in a variety of ways. And it's not just football, it's all the sports involved over yeah. there. So um, they're, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. I'm excited to see what Jason learned from it. Um, and then we'll share that with our UGASports.com audience. Hey, if Oklahoma can give every softball player $50,000, we ought to be able to do something. Good Lord. Hey, exactly. Hey, let's uh, – that, that t- uh, the tennis team should be loaded. Uh, Georgia's golf team, everybody coming in there should, you know, should never have to worry about one. That softball team. I will tell you, just one of the things that kind of strikes me is that, like, and I'm not getting this from the Classic City Collective side, but I've heard this from a few different things of Player X has an agent for their NIL deals already, Uh, you know, and and some players need that. So when you start talking some of the track stars that do some of the the individual things, uh, you know, bowling right now is as hot of a name in the track world as you can be. And so that's smart. And some of the football players are going to be in that same boat right there where they have a team of people set for their deals or whatever going forward. Yeah, they already got them. I mean, that's good. So let's go Uh, on. All right, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, there's also talking while we're on the SEC before we get to some Georgia specific stuff about uh, maybe a different change of the playoffs. Touch on that if you would, Dave. 
Yeah, so I mean, I was talking to Coach before the show about this. So Pete Thamel comes out with an article on ESPN yesterday, uh, pretty much saying that the meetings in Destin that are upcoming for SEC coaches, obviously people are looking forward to it because of the Saban and Jimbo Fisher stuff. But there are a lot of decisions to be made, especially coming out of uh, you know more time away from the COVID year 2020. And it's essentially saying everything's on the table. They've looked at all these different options. It made it sound like Greg Sankey was upset that the 12-team college football playoff was squashed. So, in other words, the SEC is trying to figure out what the future is, and among those options could potentially be an SEC-only exclusive playoff. It didn't seem very plausible to me, but I think people would like to know what you thought about it, Coach. So, how old are you, Dane? Uh, I turned 33 in six weeks. So, realistically, you got at least – 45 more years, maybe 50 left, right? I mean, it depends on which doctor you ask, yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen in your lifetime. How could anybody <laughs> think that would happen, that that we would uh, not want to be the national champion? Okay, boy, we did a great job. We just won the SEC championship playoff. Uh, do you think people are going to, uh, around the country, uh, the coaches in the SEC, I mean, Maybe you're mad because you didn't get the 12-team playoff, but how can you realistically think that you're going to have a national championship playoff within the SEC? I mean, maybe the money would be great and all that, and maybe I'm just ready for the rest home. But let me just tell you, uh, I would never think that any coach would want want, want to hamper their style based on the national champion since – since uh, they started playing football, I mean, you had the AP champion, you had all that, and the you know different ones, but uh, I just don't see that happening. And maybe I'm got my head in the mud, but uh, do you think it'll happen, Ronnie? I don't, unless, and this would be the, a ridiculous caveat. You you see uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC, but then you'd have to somehow get in Ohio State, you know, USC. Oh, if you got every, if you had a mega conference that, again. But the conference as is, it's not even yeah. going to start till 23, 24 at the earliest with those right. teams. And, uh, you know, I think Sankey has a lot of good ideas, but, he, you know, he needs to reflect back on, hey, he, he joined, the, got this job about the same time Chuck Gerber helped him with that SEC network. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and not only the network, but the, the SEC money that they got from uh, – Chuck Gerber from ESPN retired and was our agent and got that mega contract for all these sports and football, uh, you know, SEC. It's just been a cash cow ever since that then. And, and, and Sankey's done a good job with it, but uh, you know, I think that we got to listen to the other conferences too, and we can't have our feelings hurt just because we're going to a, tw- they, they didn't go with the 12 team model. And all of a sudden, I can understand why these other schools might have jumped out and said, hey, if you put your uh, foot on the shoe on the other foot, all of a sudden when they were talking about 12 teams, you know, Oklahoma and Texas were still in the Big 12, and now all of a sudden they're coming in here and it makes them think about, hey, uh, now SEC is going to have maybe five or six teams in this playoff. So yeah. uh, what's our best chance of getting in? That's what they got to look at. You got to protect your own own uh, uh, style there, you know, the Big 12, uh, all these different schools. And uh, so I'm an SEC man, but you got to look at the other side of the shoe too. I mean, what's going to happen to Ohio State? What's their best chance to win the national championship, ACC, all that. So playoffs are are a different 
type of deal and all these coaches are worried I'm excuse me administrators are worried about how many games you play and how how this long the season starts and there's a lot of egos involved in it but uh, just a SEC only championship I mean does that really make you feel fired up? I mean, does that no, make because you coach you you live through you coach through the era of well, this is the AP champion, this is the BCS champion, this is the Reuters champion, this is you know the hell uh, Georgia could claim five or six more I don't know a lot more national championships. You can talk to Patrick Garvin about this. You went to different polls from throughout the years. True. So true. Go back to that situation where it's like true, they're claiming a championship, but you're claiming a championship. Once you played in a bowl game against other teams, you just didn't stay within your conference. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You, you always had some non-conference games that counted and all that. And like I said, I, I mean, there's a, so many things that, that have been passed over the years that I thought had no shot that just proved how inept I was in thinking about it. But And this one right here, I, I just made me think. Scott Strickland, I mean – came out and said all that stuff and he's an AD in, in our league. And obviously he gets the memos and stuff, but, uh, uh, I think Sankey's certainly strong around the country and everything, but, uh, those, those big 10, uh, ADs are strong and, and, you know, we'll just have to see what happens, but, um, we got a four team playoff SEC's ruling the roost right now. And I think we're going to continue to do it with a four team. I would like to see more just because, when you get to this situation where everybody's playing more games in the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, it's going to enhance your brand. You're going to play a tougher schedule, but you're also maybe going to prove that maybe four or five or six teams deserve it when you look at the best teams in the country. And it's not fair to just pick four of them and two of them only from our league. You know what I'm saying? So I'd like to see at least an 18 playoff, but, uh, who cares what I think? When a story like that gets published and really across sports, the first thing you need to think about is who wanted this information to be out there and then what purposes is that for? And most of the time it's going to come down to money or power and usually they're interconnected. And Negotiations. So, yes. And so this could be even more forward thinking from the SEC of saying how much even more valuable can we make our product with all these digital media companies starting to kind of hoard in the tech companies hoarding in on the media sports rights game. Just because a contract exists on the books right now for ESPN doesn't mean that's going to be the thing forever. Yeah, and I think when ESPN made this mega bid to take the SEC contract from the CBS, they weren't thinking we're just going to get an SEC playoff out of this. We're going to get the SEC champion, and they're going to go on into our playoff, which we still have the rights to for the national champion. You know what I'm saying? That ESPN has our league, and they have the national championship. Playoff, they you know, but both all all the games are on there. All three games are on, so I think that would hurt their brand. And ESPN's hurting right now. When you look at all the people, they lost eight million subscribers here uh, last year uh, just because people getting off cable and doing more streaming. And uh, I think they've lost over twenty five million in the last four years. And that, that's a lot of money uh, when you you look at ten dollars a month per prescription. You know, a subscription deal there. So it's not my job to take up for what feel sorry for them. I mean, they're paying some guys a lot of money. To, I mean, they just paid Joe Buck and Troy Aikman a gazillion dollars each just so they could have Monday night football. So uh, 
But let's. What's the next thing on our menu here? I'm. I'm getting. Well, the next we we talked some SEC stuff, but um, I got to make up for a bad read that I did last week, Coach. You you've had to do this before. Well, you don't make mistakes, but you've had to do live reads on the show. Hey, hey, don't even tell anybody. Nobody remembers that you forgot Dead Soxie last week. Nobody on this show. <laughs> no, I do, and I feel bad about it. But I do want to mention our friends at Dead Soxie. But um, hey, you made it up. You had a good read at the end. And I did. Sometimes, sometimes you say the best for last, but uh, better late than never. But I do want to let our friends, our friends that watch the show, know that Dead Soxie does make custom socks. You know, and uh, if you're trying to build an empire like I am, you know, you're trying to rally your team. Uh, where you put your logo matters. Just where, where, what are you going to put it on? You. you Want uh, you don't want to use some half-rate swag. We have the UGA Sports Store that's opened up recently. We've got the people who are putting that together. They put some products together that are fantastic. So and we put our logo on it, and that that reflects on us. It's the same if you're trying to do create your uh, custom logo. I mean, your uh, business. So where you put your logo matters, and you need to partner up with Dead Socks because they make premium custom socks that you could stake your reputation on. You wouldn't have an issue with them. Now. Custom socks, people think, well, why would I put a logo on those? Well, think about it. You've never tried it. It gets people's attention. Everybody knows wears socks every day, and they wear their favorite pair a lot. So if you have cool custom socks, you know, you could, that would be quite an impression on clients, investors, employees, or something like that. It's something that people don't see all the time. So I'm just saying they, you could try something different. Uh, High-quality socks that it's not – if you get a T-shirt where they're throwing it out of a T-shirt can, that's a crappy T-shirt. But if you get these socks, these are high-quality things. People, they'll become their favorite socks, and they'll wear them all the time, and they'll you'll absolutely love them. The cool thing is the minimum order is only 120 pairs. So it's not like you have to buy 5,000 socks. You know, 120 pairs, it takes about six to eight weeks, and you don't have to be some design genius to come up with it. You basically tell them what your idea is. They will put it together. They'll stick it out there. And if you mentioned that you heard an ad on UGA Sports, you will get $100 off your uh, custom sock order right now. So just go to deadsoxy.com slash custom. You say Deadsoxy.com slash custom. $100 off, mention UGA Sports. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty sharp. You, you see these that I have pulled up here? Yeah. We want our yeah. socks. Love yeah. it. And that may be the state of Mississippi outline on the back of it. It's definitely their colors, but hey. Well, hey, speaking of uh, that uh, breaking news, Coach, I don't know if you saw this, but Eli Holston, the very talented quarterback, is just committed to uh, Alabama. That's a yeah, 20 I, knew that, quarterback. I knew that was in the works. Uh, you always do. No, I mean, I, no. Knew that they were, I knew that a lot of people thought that that might make a difference in what happens with Arch yeah. uh, because he's such a good player too, uh, Eli. So uh, yeah, I think Arch is down to pretty much just Texas and Georgia right now. Maybe, but uh, I would never count out a school just because another co- another guy went there. A lot of people do, but yeah. if he, it just depends on his visit. You know, I mean, it, you got uh, Alabama's proved over the years that they they can have more than one guy in there. So uh, we'll see. But uh, Alabama's got a big big following as far as quarterbacks what's happened but yeah. i think eli going there certainly uh enhances our chances but if, if he still visits there you got to think he's still looking at it I'm it would sure be short-sighted for most quarterbacks to make a decision based on other quarterbacks because if you look at five and even four-star quarterbacks it seems like half of them are going to end up transferring somewhere before they're done with college anyway i, I agree with that and we, we've had that situation happen here um, with other players, and 
I know when I signed in in high school, uh, right before I signed with NC State, the West Virginia Player of the Year signed uh, committed to or whatever back then with State, and uh, all these other schools were talking to me about why you want to go there. You'll never get to play. This guy's the Player of the Year and everything. And I started listening to him and. After it was over the one visit, I asked my dad what he thought, and he said, what do you mean what I think? I said, well, this guy's going to go there. He said, well, I'm going to tell you this. You're not the same person I always thought you were. You're going to give up everything you always wanted to do just because some guy you've never seen play? Hey, don't even talk to me about it. I mean, it really registered. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, You can't worry about other players – if that's what you want to do, you put yourself in that position and you go chase your dream. But I think percentage-wise, you got when you got a great player like Eli Holston committing, you got that certainly makes it different. But uh, when you're number one player in the country, you look at what's best for you. Hopefully, it's Georgia. But you know, we got to real be realistic too, and and seeing that these other schools have a lot to offer him too. Yep. Uh, that actually brings up our first question from CCUGA, and it may it'll be our first question now because we, we do need to get to the ones on the dog vent. But he says, "Would getting Arch Manning bring in some top receivers? What is more important to them, the offensive coordinator who runs the scheme or the quarterback the team has when it comes to their decisions?" And so, this coach, this is a good one for you. You played quarterback, you've recruited quarterbacks. Uh, we we hear a lot about the scheme that the team's going to employ, or if they get this top quarterback, that's more impressive to a wide receiver. So when you're recruiting wide receivers, what do they want? What do they want scheme? Do they want QB? Do they want playing time? What, what, what's their priority? I think A and B. I mean, you look at the, the system itself, or are they putting out pro players? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of development? I mean, uh, you, you can't get too caught up in stats uh, because stats change and all, but Obviously, you got to have somebody get you the ball. I mean, you, you don't want to go sign with somebody just signed a triple threat option quarterback when you when you want to catch a lot of passes. So uh, I think it's just uh, a combination of that. But the first thing you always tell any young man, I said, hey, where do you feel comfortable going to school? You got to interact with these guys and these other students uh, after you uh, you're not just football 24 seven. You can be around other. But if you weren't playing football, where would you like to go to school? And uh Certainly football is going to be way up there, but if all of a sudden you don't like the school itself and and then all of a sudden you don't like the football, then it really makes it tough. But uh, uh, particularly with a transfer portal out there now. But uh, one thing that I feel like every coach that's got his own medal, you just can't make a lot of promises. Just make the ones you think you feel like you can keep and tell them you're going to give them a chance. And here's what we've done in the past and here's how you would fit in and, most guys are looking for system, and uh, the same thing I tell anybody, though, that's going to start out in a profession, who's your boss? Who, just, like, just like for us, if we had anybody but Roddy running this thing, we probably wouldn't be working here. You know, and then we'll give him some love. You know he's going to tell you what he wants, and he lets you do it. Same thing's true with Kirby Smart. He's got some uh, a lot of people working for him. He's hard uh, uh, as far as – demanding but he's also very fair and he's got these uh, these players telling them that that's that helping these other recruits the ones that are here they're recruiting for georgia telling them hey this guy's going to help you get to the league he's going to help you graduate and what he tells you is a straight fact that's why we don't have a lot of guys leaving here that are playing 
Now we have some guys leave that that, that can't play here, but um, for the most part, there's not a lot of disgruntled people here because they hadn't been treated right. I've got a bone to pick about the wide receiver thing because I think there's this perception that Georgia doesn't have wide receiver talent or doesn't develop. And I guess that bar is Alabama having the four first-round picks and Judy, Ruggs, Smith, and Waddle. Who else has that other than LSU in its national title year and maybe having Butte after that? But you're saying, okay, Georgia didn't have quite the receiver talent as these two top elite amazing units, which we even saw last year Alabama didn't have that depth. You know, one, two guys go down, and then the passing game completely falls apart. And so yeah. let's not sit here and think that Georgia hasn't done a good job receiving. Have they had that core of four NFL first-round picks in the same group? No, but that doesn't happen hardly at all. That's almost a generational thing. Hey, why do you get a burn in your saddle, Dane? Good Lord. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating because, like, it, I, it I look is. at Georgia's receiver talent now, and I think it's as good as anywhere in the country. We got good. We got you know. Hey, you got this little second team for us last year. Now it's Alabama's number one guy, uh, Burton, um, and uh, Burton could have been first team if he'd been healthy. But the bottom line for us is we got good players at, at receiver. I mean, I saw Meeks over there uh, uh, working out uh, and, and rehabbing a little bit. And uh, what a good young man! Uh, I always like. And people get on me. Hey, if co- if they talk to coach, he likes them. Hey. If they don't talk to me, I'll, I'll, but I, I get a lot out of just seeing what a guy's made of when you talk to him. And yeah. um, I, I was impressed with his manners. I was impressed with his uh, sense of direction, you know, feeling about, uh, hey, we le- I learned a lot watching other guys. I'm ready for my chance and things like that. I like to hear that from a young man, and I hope the fans here love to do it. And by the way, before I forget about it, I spent some time yesterday at the David Pollock and Lindsey Pollock foundation raising money for their foundation and the children's health care of Atlanta had a tremendous turnout of people, ex-players, uh, support staff, everybody. Kirby was there. Coach Dooley was there. Coach Rick was there. It was awesome. And uh, some of our offensive linemen were out there, uh, you know, having a chance to interact and play with the, um, unfortunately they had to postpone it and some people left, but others played, but, uh, Tate Ratledge and Warren McClendon and uh, and uh, Warren Erickson, uh, well, what great representatives of the University of Georgia. And then uh, I also saw Brinson out there, D lineman. I didn't realize that he was cut like that. I've seen him in his uni, but the guy's three oh five. He looks like he weighs about two sixty. <laughs> so uh, it was just a good good day for me to see these young men interacting with the fans happy to be in Georgia helping David Pollock and uh, also uh, go to the tight ends out there. Uh, he, he was uh, working it out too for, for UGA. So uh, but one interesting story about it, which I think is a classic when you go out to the Georgia club, you know, they got a gate there and you have to give them your uh, driver's license to get in because you know, obviously they want some security. And if, if something would happen, they got a list of who's, who's come in and come out. And uh, so I was waiting in line there, gave them mine, and I got in. And then right after I got in, Coach Dooley came in. And he said, hey, did they check your driver's license? I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, they checked mine, but I didn't have mine with me. He, <laughs> said, he said, I can't stay in here for 30 minutes. Vince, dude. <laughs> 
that guy had a call on Vince Dooley for 30 minutes. And he was, I said, Coach, we'll, we'll vouch for you and everything. But that guy didn't know Vince Dooley from a jar of Vicks Vapor up. And he had him out there and said, you can't stay for 30 minutes. But Coach Dooley got in there and moved around. But I thought that was pretty cool. Well-known uh, ideologue and uh, possible terrorist, Vince Dooley, you know, terrorizing <laughs> the uh, Georgia club. You know, don't let him in more than 30 minutes. Bad things will happen. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Terrorists and horrible soldiers. The guy, the guy is Georgia football, and you're going to – Right, right. But he, he – uh, but the guy's got a job to do. He does. He does. You can understand it, but uh, and and if he if he messed up, we'd all be demanding that he be fired. So uh, we'll give him credit uh, for that. Hey, hey. Uh, fortunately, I he, let him, he let him in for a temporary. Anyhow, <laughs> I love it. You know, the other I, thing that was good about that is uh, for me, you see, see guys that uh, really are doing well, and not only. Uh, they did well for Georgia, but uh, outside now, uh, Reggie Brown. Reggie Brown's got a daughter at Georgia. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I mean, he was talking about uh, how proud he was his daughter's going there. Uh, you know, you see those two quarterbacks, Shockley and Green, both of them just, man, what a, what a great representative, each of them. You know, they do so much for off the field. And then uh, Kirk McGill, a guy that was a, a really good center for me. He and his daughter Kelly. I mean, they. I mean, his wife Kelly, a beautiful young girl that uh, was a gymnast here. Uh, just really uh, great family. And then the one that that I was really glad to see was Sean Jones, who uh, my son Todd was actively involved in recruiting along with David Pollock. And uh, Sean's just done so well uh, with for the Cleveland Browns and uh, now out there, but. Uh, Makes you proud, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, hit us up some of those questions on there. Actually, before you do that, let me mention our friends at uh, Academic Brewing Company real quick. Uh, I don't hey, know. before you do that, I rode on the side of Acad Academia the other day, going into the mall, uh, not mm -hmm. necessarily going the, the front way and going in and just going beside it. Yeah, They got some nice little tables and stuff out there that you can go out on the patio and all that. I, if you go in the front, which I do. I, I've never really checked that out, but that's impressive. They got some really good stuff out there on the side. They do. They put a. They have a great patio that's covered. So if you go out there and it's raining or it's uh, kind of more right, water, right. that they have the cover part. Then they have the open beer garden, a German style beer garden. You can sit out there and they have the plants and the nice tables and everything. It's a great place to just go and sit. Spring weather in Athens. If you're looking for a nice place to enjoy a meal outside, great, great place to do it. Uh, their hoperdesiac is out there. The hoperdesiac. I know a lot of people talk about Creature Comforts and some of the other breweries in Athens, you know, Southern Brewing Company. And they talk about their high hop, you know, their IPAs and stuff. And they rave about them. They get into a movie or something. People go nuts. I'm telling you, if you like a perfect IPA, try the hoperdesiac. It's probably the, I'm going to say this, their best beer. But I've known people that have had that one and they swing by and buy those four packs constantly. You'll get addicted to it. So, of course, they have tons and tons of beer out there and they have the wine Wednesdays and the beer and brisket brunches on the weekends that you need to try out. But I'm just saying that as it's getting warmer and you're looking for you know, every, Athens, the home of the fantastic, you know, the, the cult style IPAs. 
if you want to, I tell you, if you like those and you're always looking for, you know, tropicality and stuff like that, go find Hopperdisiac out at the uh, Academia Brewing Company and thank me later. You'll, you will literally send me a note saying this is the best beer, the best IPA I've ever had. And, and I'll say, yeah, I told you so. So uh, that's just the way it is. Also, I do want to mention our friends at uh, Your Pie Pizza. Your Pie, there's a ton of locations out there. It is Tuesday, which means it's double points day. So if you actually go and use the app, you can... Um, uh, bring it up on your phone. Say, look, I want a pizza. I want a pasta. I want this sandwich. I want this style crust. I want this type of sauce. I want this type of cheese. I want all these toppings. And you don't have to pay per topping. Just click them all off, throw them all on top of it. Have it delivered. Go pick it up. Tell them you eat it there in the store. Uh, but do it on a Tuesday. And you can do it for a day further down the road. You don't have to pick it up today. But uh, try that hot uh, honey pepperoni pizza they have. Try their uh, uh, vanilla gelato. Try all that stuff, but do it on Tuesdays because you get double points, and that'll get you free pizzas, free uh, breadsticks, free uh, ice creams, and stuff like that. So hit them up when you get a chance. It is Tuesday, so we always be sure to push the fact that it's double points Tuesday, and you'd be a fool not to order it today. So do so when you get a chance. Let's start with this question from a regular viewer of the show, UGA Love 95, says, who will be the best running back on the team this fall? He thinks it's going to be Branson Robinson. Ooh, big call. Well, that's uh, going out on a limb for sure. Branson certainly got some potential. uh, Big bruising type back, got uh, great upper body strength. You know, he's got to come in and learn the system. Uh, he's a little behind coming in starting the 1st of June, but it, being here all summer will certainly enhance that. But uh, a lot of things that running back has to do in our program, uh, not besides just running the ball, uh, blitz pickup, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, uh, learning to line up in different positions as far as multiple uh, formations. So uh, I'm sure he'll pick that up. It's going to be a lot to to me about you got two guys that 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 have had some success, but they've been an injury uh, has some injuries. I wouldn't say injury prone, but both McIntosh and and Milton have had injuries. So the guy that can stay injury free is going to be the, probably the lead guy. And uh, I think Edwards will have a spot that he can come in and help. But uh, I would say both those guys will be one and one a. It's depending on who's the hot guy and what we're doing really. But uh, Robinson would have to make a, I mean, he would have to be Southeastern conference freshman of the year to be the starting running back for us. The guy deadlifts 720 pounds. He squats 630 and benches 375. That is a powerful human being. Uh, but I, and I agree with UG Alumni 5. I could see it where, you know, he just has all the click checks, all those boxes, big, fast, strong. But I think, Coach, you're right when it comes to uh, blitz pickup and I go back to that national championship game. You know, James Cook wins you that game with his diving block there to, on the uh, offsides play that let Stetson Bennett hum it down to A.D. Mitchell without uh, James Cook diving, sacrificing his body in that. Who knows how that game turns out? So. Can, can uh, Robinson do that? Absolutely, but we don't know yet. So give me Kenny McIntosh back there right now as the uh, guy who is catching passes and taking it between the tackles. That's my guy right now. Maybe Kendall Milton, but I'm just saying, I think as much as Georgia may want to throw it this year, give me uh, Kenny McIntosh as my answer. 
Let's go to this question from YouTube from Mike Addington. Want to ask Coach Donnan, was he the first to use the bubble screen in college football the first time that I ever saw it was when you were coaching UGA? Yeah, I caught a lot of grief for it. Uh, I don't know that we did the bubble as much as we did the tunnel. Uh, the bubble is when you just back up and throw the ball behind the line and, and the, uh, the wide receivers block. The tunnel screen is where you get – it's more like a screen where you have people come in rushing a passer and then the tackle and the guard come out and block support. You don't really use wide receivers to block. Uh, you're kind of like you're running through the tunnel there. Uh, we, we got it from Louisiana Tech. Uh, uh, that, that they were really the first team that I know that ran the tunnel. But uh, who was the coach? We could have run, run the tunnel. We could have run the uh, the uh, waterfall. We could have run the uh, mountain climber. We could have done a lot of things. But as long as Champ was doing it, it was going to work. <laughs> Could have run the wildcat with him. You'd have been fine. Uh, we 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 ran it two times. Uh, one time it was just a mistake. The center snapped the ball to him before we shifted, so he had. To <laughs> and uh, the other time uh, it looked so good, we just said, "Hey, run the same thing, but just snap it." We we called ninety nine or whatever the play was, but uh, but just snap it to Champ and let him ad lib it. So we were in an un unbalanced slot and. Uh, they thought we were going to shift to three wide receivers, and they were just sitting there, and they snapped at the champ. And about 20 yards later, he was showing them his taillights. I'll share this comment from YouTube, and it kind of goes along with what I've heard you say, Coach Donnan. Uh, this is from Middle Georgia UGA Dog Pound says, I'm most concerned with Division II schools regarding NIL, but it seems that they're most struggling with the transfer uh, portal. And he says that he spoke with the Gulf South commissioner a few weeks ago, and then they're getting decimated about the portal, and the coaches are having a tough time managing rosters. Yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, uh, it's like uh, – you you know it's just like tryouts for the for the big leagues you know minor leagues you're seeing if a guy can do it and then if he can you you get him to transfer he gets in the portal and every kid would like to think he could play at a higher level no question I mean when I was coaching one double A there was a lot of guy, guys on our team that were very capable but because they either developed late or had bad grades out of high school or whatever it might be didn't get the the chance for the big schools so. Uh, now they got it, and not only from uh, non-Power 5, but also, as you mentioned, the uh, the teams that play for 1AA, and they're just getting destroyed. With uh, you got some guy that's a really big-time player that developed, or regardless of how it happened, he's there. He's going to take you, – you just can't keep those guys. I mean, what you don't have any NIL for them. You don't have anything except, hey, you know, we'll give you some nice books. I mean, come on. <laughs> What are you, you going to do? I mean, it's terrible. He, he's right. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing that in some of the – not even those schools. I mean, didn't Pitt, the top wide receiver in the nation, play at Pitt? And he's in the yeah. transfer portal. And now he's at USC. Yeah, yeah he went to uh, USC, and it's just uh, amazing. I mean, I feel bad for Pitt. Uh, I mean, happy for him. I want him to do well, but at the same time, it's like – Well, realistically, for Pitt, though, I mean, they lost – first round quarterback and they lost their offensive coordinator this guy's looking hey just like that question the first question you have what are you looking for in your uh in your uh recruiting he's there first of all he doesn't have the 
coordinator that he had, and he doesn't have the quarterback. So that answers that guy's question about as good as Pittsburgh. That's why coaches the pro bring it back around to earlier in the show. Adios, man. I'm going out to USC and get on the Caleb Williams show. Yeah, but that that's, it brings up a great point. You you're happy for the athlete, you know. That is that's great for him. He deserves that. But I feel bad for Pitt. You know, it's like, and if all of a sudden. Let's say you're a, I don't want to say a tier two school. You're a D1 school. You just haven't had a ton of success. ACC you know? champion. They're ACC champion last year. But I'm just saying if they're not known for having tons and tons of success recently, and then all of a sudden, you know, let's say you have a great player at MTSU. He's gone Presbyterian. He's gone, you know, uh, Coastal Carolina gets a great player. They're, they're going to get poached. So I, I, our, our reader there, or excuse me, our viewer there, he's right. Because I can imagine the roster stuff is a, Giant pain. Unreal. From Grand Moff Tarkin, Coach Donnan, who's the best athlete that you ever coached at quarterback? At quarterback? Ooh, Ooh good one. Ooh. <laughs> mm. You're going to make some enemies with this one, Coach. Hey, he's having to choose between his children here. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I had – a lot of good athletes at quarterback. I had one that, that didn't turn out uh, quite as spectacularly as some of the others named Warren Seitz at, at Missouri. There was 6'4", 215. He's now a high school coach at Topeka doing really well. Was was really fast. I mean, he almost won the state 100. He could throw. Really good athlete. Troy Aikman was a heck of an athlete, you know, played ba baseball in high school. But I guess Jamel Holloway was – a you know, because he was such a good runner to go. He wasn't a great passer, but he was an unbelievable athlete. And then we had another guy there, Eric Mitchell, that was probably better athlete than, than him. So, uh, as far as ones here, I, I would have to say Mike Bobo. He couldn't even get through his own joke, Roddy. You see that? He lost <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> If he, if he had delivered that deadpan, I'd have been very impressed. Kirby, uh, Kirby's been on Bobo a little bit about making sure he gets in good shape. So, uh, But Mike was a terrific quarterback for me, uh, and he's a good leader. And, boy, he had a great senior year for us, that's for sure. But uh, athletic-wise, he, he wasn't quite as good as some of these other guys, but he was a heck of a quarterback. Hey, 1985, baby. From Pete Tech One, uh, does Georgia have room to take anyone in the transfer portal? If so, what position? I guess let's just update that. This time of year, isn't it probably unlikely to see much portal action, at least coming in? Yeah, I think two factors here on the portal at this point. Academics, you got to be at 85. I mean, you can't ever have more than 85 with the new guys coming in. So we're going to have, what, five or six coming in uh, on the next week? How many we got coming in? Uh, yeah, I think it's 19. Maybe we'll have seven or eight. I don't know. Well, it also depends if any of those get gray shirted or pushed to a following year. Well, let me go on and finish the answer. Sir. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were so clairvoyant. <laughs> We've done a show long enough, coach. We can just finish each other's sentences. No, that was really good. So, I mean, there's going to be. There's going to be some moving around there, and uh, some of these guys might get from from our school and from other schools might get NIL scholarships where, you know, they get paid for uh, 
there's scholarship money like that. I know uh, some schools are doing that. I don't know that we are, but uh, a lot of different factors there. But uh, if all of a sudden you see us picking up one or two portal guys, it'll be because of somebody flunked out, somebody uh, had an had a injury situation where they can't, you know, got a permanent uh, injury waiver where you got a guy that uh, all of a sudden that was in the portal pulled out or came back in. I don't know that we have anybody in the portal right now, do we, that's uh, on scholarship. I don't think so. No. I'm uh, we're, close, we're as close to 85 as you could be. I mean, we might be 84.99. Or <laughs> We also got a guy like Jackson that – what are we going to – is he going to be put on scholarship? or? Uh, hey, we got a lot of thinking to do here between now and uh, when school starts. Coach, I'm counting six that I think are going to come in. On, you said May 31st those guys get here. Uh, yeah, 30th or 31st, something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of them like, is, is this guy here yet? You know, some, some of those guys came in and got injured, and so I didn't see him in spring or got the surgery or cleaned up. So I'm having a hard time remembering the 19 they already have on campus. But I, I, right now I'm counting six, maybe seven. It'll be here in a couple of days. Yeah. Someone had some surgery, but yeah, I, I tell you, I, I think back to – Four years ago, or maybe it was three years ago, because Cook's going to be a Cook was a junior, right, and came out early. Is, 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 didn't he come out early? Yes. Yeah. Uh, was he no. a senior? Yeah, he, he came back senior. for a senior year. Yeah, maybe he did. I can't keep it. What? Whether it's three or four years ago, I said, Kirby, you don't ever tell me anything about recruiting, and I don't want you to tell me because I don't want to disclose it on this show. But I said, could you just please? If there's any any way you could tell me that James Cook is here, because there was up in the air about you know all that stuff about everything and, and all that, but but uh, well, I don't know what the deal was, but he, I don't know why they were still talking about Florida State, but but about five minutes later, I got a nice little photo of James Cook walking in the dorm. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, I said, well, he at least, listen, at least felt good for me. I said, thanks for that. I've been worried too much about it. He said, don't worry about it. Here he is. So. At, we had a similar situation when uh, th- I think it was Monty Rice was, uh, everyone's like, no, he's going to LSU. He's coming to Georgia and back and forth. And then I had a uh, source send me a picture of him in Athens. They're like, yeah, he's here. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> we ran straight to the board. Told if only they would have had it. If they'd had I like in front the of the video they put of, of the kids going in the dorm and yeah, them in. it's always good to look at them and see how happy they are. And it's just different now. We already got 19 of them already been here since December. Ended some of them were in here for bowl practice, you know. And uh, yeah, we had a question last week: Do those guys get rings or not? Do they get a bowl ring? And I'm like, no, they don't. But I thought they it was good, good. but. I want to see Coach. I want to see Darius Smith get here. See him walking in. I want to see Julian Humphrey walk in and Jaheim. Hey, I'm, I'm a Marvin Jones Jr. See, you didn't let me finish my sentence. <laughs> yeah, I Coach, you didn't let all. him finish his sentence. All right. I mean, I want to see them all, but I mean, there, there's no reason to think they're not. So I mean, no, I'm very excited about that. But to answer the question, yeah, that's. Oh, well, the, the second part of that was: at what position would you take a uh, transfer in if you could get one? If you could fit one in. 
I mean, that's a tough call. Probably inside linebacker. That, that's a, that's a starter. Yeah, It'd be hard to be here with the guys we got. With all you have to learn, but uh, maybe just a stone cold, flat ass flyer at, at wide receiver, maybe, and maybe a corner again. Who knows? So you're basically saying bring in a Christian Harris or a uh, a Jake Gaines. <laughs> And Olave, a wide receiver, something like that. It's like, yeah, you gotta be a, you gotta be a player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's squeeze in three here's more questions. One here's the one point I'm gonna make on that too, which I feel like Kirby is really good to our own players, and he's loyal. He doesn't want to bring in somebody that doesn't have an unbelievable chance of starting, and to make a guy all of a sudden it's worked his ass off. And you bring in a guy that's about the same as him. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just not good for morale. But yeah. if a guy's not good enough, and he knows the guy's not good enough at a position that we really need, then they'll they'll take the transfer. But that's one thing I used to tell our coaches: don't bring a junior college guy in that's got a lot of problems. Anyhow, he certainly got problems out of high school where he'd been here as a freshman, and he can't start. Yeah, I mean. Now all of a sudden he's poor mouthing and he's around the locker room and all that. And hey, you you got to supplement your team with a starter. This question from Gilbert Peterson: If you had your choice, would you rather have the best pass rusher in the nation or the best wide receiver in the nation? Depends on whether you're offensive coach or defensive coach. I mean, well, I guess you're an offensive coach, right? No, I'm talking about as a he's he's right, but. Uh, in today's world, I think you can get a lot of receivers that can be close to the best receiver, but the best pass rusher, hard to beat that. So I would say best pass rusher. Because that's how you're winning games now. I mean, everybody's got guys that can go down and catch the ball, but guys that can knock people's ass off and rush the passer, man, tough. He got one, we got one on the inside in Carter, and we got one on the outside and uh, Smith and Bill. I mean, Bill got a lot of sacks last year, so we'll be okay. And then we got Mikel, Michael Williams and Marvin Jones coming up. We could be strong at rushing the passer. Hey, Dane, before you get those questions, I do want to mention our friends out at Athens Ford. Uh, just check their website, 234 vehicles available, and that's not BS. You go out there, there are hundreds of cars on that lot. And they've had, I mean, they've had over 1,000, 1,300 cars in a lot at a time. But right now, it is very tough to find vehicles. Uh, if you're looking for one, uh, a new vehicle or a used vehicle, go out to Athens Ford. I can tell you, we went through this last week or about 10 days ago. We bought a, uh, a new, um, excuse me, a pre-owned vehicle out there. We got a, got a great deal on it. I saw what they paid for it. I saw what they charged us for it. It's it, it on the dollar. I'm just saying they are not gouging out there. They're trying to keep their prices low because they know that with this glut in available cars, if they can take care of you now when everyone is loaded with new cars and used cars and stuff, when it, when, they, when the economy on cars bounces back, you will remember that they took care of you. And so that's what they're doing. They're, they're not in this for the immediate gain, you know, and tell everybody to go to hell. They are here to fight for you to be a customer for life. My son went through the process. He saw what's involved in buying a car. He's, Dealt with a good uh, Timothy Gay out there, did a great job uh, showing him the cars, let him do test drives and such. The experience out there was fantastic. I showed him, I, they, they, they set the bar. I showed him what it can be like. So if he's 
across the country somewhere. He just graduated this past Saturday. If he's in Tennessee or Texas or California or Spain and he has to get a car and he goes, he will have had a great experience knowing what should happen. So uh, shout out to our friends at Athens Ford. When you, if you are in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, hit them up. You're going to have a great experience out there. Or if you just need service, they'll take care of it. And of course, any of their vehicles comes, uh, any of their new ones, of course, and any uh, pre-owned vehicle under 80,000 miles will have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. So if you have an issue, they're going to take care of it. You can only get that at Athens Ford. So hit them up when you get a chance. Shout out to Chuck Ward watching us. Uh, Our town supporter. He uh, says Tyrion Ingram Dawkins will make his presence known in the pass rush for Georgia. He's exactly right. He will. So will Logue. I mean, a lot of those guys inside. But one thing about Chuck, he's not going to miss much out there in Texas. Uh, he knows what's happening. Uh, Greg Hendrick, and this is for both of you. Greg Hendricks asked, hey, coach, have you seen anything good out of Dylan Fairchild? I know that he was a state wrestling champ. So you think he'd be quick with his hands? Yeah, I mean, D- Dylan's got a shot. He's just waiting his, his time, you know. I mean, he got some good guys up there. And uh, uh, like you said, you know, he's a wrestler and uh, probably not quite as big as some of our uh, offensive linemen. I've been impressed with Wilson, the kid from North Carolina, Jared Wilson. I think he's got a shot, Micah Morris, not to mention those uh, other two offensive guards we got. Uh, Tressa Willick. Yeah, well, we got them, and we got Erickson, too. Uh, I mean, we can't, take, yeah, we can't take Erickson and Rattledge for granted. I mean, they're both yeah. – they know what they're doing and everything. But I did want to mention we're going to be have a quick end of the show, but I just want to make uh, – because I know uh, his son listens in Atlanta a little bit, but I lost a dear friend uh, this weekend, uh, Alton Russell from – North Carolina, who over the years was uh, represented me in a lot of different things uh, as a lawyer, but was a great uh, individual, uh, very uh, perceptive, very uh, genuine person. And uh, the thing about him, he had five different types of cancer over his life of 82 years. And the last one finally got him. But uh, I really... uh, not many men that I've been involved with that I have more respect for than Alton Russell. So I hope his son's hearing this. Sharing love with your family. Uh, condolences to y'all. Um, let's wrap up with uh, two questions uh, from the vent, the, and then that will get us all for today. We've been very efficient. Uh, R. Herschel Walker says, Coach, I know that Georgia has one of the largest recruiting budgets in the nation. Does the recruiting department work much like the components of the team, meaning that there's offense, defense, special teams, and then do they have like pregame meetings with coaches? He asked because he sees some of the off-field analysts in the pictures with some of the recruits' families as they come in. Yeah, I would say it's one of the most detailed organizations ever, uh, kind of like the CIA. I mean, uh, you know everything about every kid. Uh, they've got uh, volumes of information that they tell the coaches about before the high school, uh, about the high school games the night before, before the kids visit for an unofficial visit, watching our games. Just uh, a lot of prep when a guy comes in because you got three – for an unofficial visit, but then for an official visit, you have two or three uh, meetings where you talk about what's going to happen, who's going to be their host, uh, where you're going to take them, uh, who, who's the academic uh, counselor going to be that interviews them, and the position coach helps on that because he knows what the kids' parents are looking for, and some counselors are better than others with different type of kids, and 
what faculty person you want them to meet and all these different things. Because if you just have one little faux pas in the whole weekend, then what happens, you know, I mean, then, then it's, uh, then they're going to hold that against you. And uh, that sometimes that sticks out. But uh, I used to tell our kids when they came in, uh, look, don't make any rash judgments. Uh, give us the whole 48 hours. If anything comes up, uh, let me help you answer a question that maybe we, it was not our fault. Something happens, but, uh, you know, and I tell the story about when I had the kid at Florida state, I gave him 50 bucks. I said, look, I want you to take this guy out to eat. And Hey, that was a lot of money back in 72. I said, I want you to take him out to eat. I want you to do this, blah, blah, blah. Next morning, I meet the kid for breakfast. I said, how'd he go? He said, oh, it's okay. I said, what do you mean okay? He said, I said, what'd you do? He said, well, we went back to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and we got a box of chicken, and then he took me to the hotel, and then I hadn't seen him. Huh. Well, I went after old Hodges Mitchell in a New York man, and I said, what are you <laughs> He said, Coach, I need some money, man. I need some money. <laughs> so, hey, so that wasn't a real good visit for that kid. And the one thing that I liked about the kid that was over the top, though, he said, I said, well, how do you like it up here? The, the first day he was there, he said, I like it. And this is Tallahassee, Florida now. He's got a few hills in it now, but not. He said, this is the first time i ever been to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we got it going there. So what's the next one, the last one? Yeah, we'll wrap up with this one from Go Dogs thirteen seventy one. Says, Coach, what are your favorite rivalries in college football, and can you give us some insight on the North Carolina school rivalries, at least in relation to NC State? You've been on both sides of that one. Yeah, I think everybody. It's great to have a rival, whatever level you're on, junior high, high school, college. But uh, me and Dave, certainly, I was among coaches in a lot of good big games. Uh, you know, Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Tech, all those games. But uh, also OU, Texas, OU, Nebraska. Uh, as far as North Carolina, North Carolina State's big. But now uh, ACC, everybody's trying to, you know, make Clemson a big rival and, and things like that. But Carolina Duke basketball, you know, just unbelievable. And it's the same way in football. But uh, uh, just – I remember the last Carolina Duke game I coached in. Uh, we decided to go for two, and I was over there on the sideline. I told Coach Dooley, I said, Coach, we need to run 38. He said, yeah, I don't know, Coach Donovan. I said, I don't know if we can get that ball on the perimeter. I said, Coach, they're going to come after our quarterback hard. I said, well, we don't need to run inside. And he said, well, you better run 38 if, if you want to, but it better work. <laughs> so – we pitched it out to old Mike Boyd, and he showed him his tail lights, and we beat him 38 37 or something like that. Or 30, I mean, kind of obvious that play wasn't 38 the same as the score, but it, we beat him on the last play of the game. And it was, uh, but what was so funny, they had a quarterback that was playing for them that was a really good option quarterback. And we had his brother playing for us, Billy Dunn, and his name was Mike Dunn. And Coach Dooley, kept saying, do you think he can play another position? Because he didn't really want him as a quarterback. And he, we kept saying, yeah, he can play another position. But anyhow, after the game, Al Groh was our defensive end coach. And he came, and Mike, Mike Dunn just ran up and down the field on us. We were lucky to win the game. But he came up to me and said, hey, Coach Donovan, 
you think Mike Dunn can play another position? <laughs> he kicked our ass, boy. But we that's enough of this stuff. So I can talk about rivalries all day. Maybe we can have a whole show on rivalry to tell you about some of the stories that happened. But uh, oh, I'm game for that one. Yeah. I, I would like that idea a lot. He coached a lot of them. Remember Russell? I'll tell you the story. He, he was he lived over in Raleigh, and he used to run around the track at NC State. And uh, he called me up. We were playing NC State, North Carolina. He said, Coach, they're working on a quick kick over here. I said, quick kick my ass. They never quick kicked in their life. You know, he was talking about something. I didn't know how much football he knew. And I didn't ask him to go over there and run or anything. He just did it. And sure enough, the second series of the game, he ran a quick kick on us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. All right, folks. Hey, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We had a lot of folks uh, jump on the show today. It means a lot to us that uh, plenty of you shared it. We appreciate that. We also appreciate Athens Ford for being a sponsor of our show. We appreciate your pie. It's double points Tuesday. Hit them up. Uh, we appreciate Academia Brewing Company. Swing out there, get some great beer, get some great food. Uh, enjoy watching some Braves games out there when you get a chance. And, of course, Dead Soxy. Hit them up, deadsoxy.com uh, slash custom. Go ahead and uh, order your uh, custom socks for your company or business. Promote your promote what you do. And be sure to tune in next Tuesday at noon. We will have more with Coach Donna and Dane Young. My name is Rodney DeBulsey, and we will see you.